if you buy a property brand new, Bernadette, and you sell it to me one day later, you could claim the depreciation. But the moment you, I buy it one day old, I can't claim the depreciation of the plant and equipment items anymore, which is ridiculous because the tax law says that those items are going to last for 10 years. This has not happened in any other industry. You can claim a two-year-old computer for your business. You can claim a five-year-old car if you're a tradie. But for property investors, we got the short straw. And the most bizarre thing is with commercial property, the laws never change. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Well, hello, everyone. We're back with another episode of She Renovates. Today, I have Tyrone Hyde, who has been working in the area of quantity surveying for many years. He started out doing a degree in construction economics and is a fellow of the Australian Institute of Quantity Surveyors. He began his career in Washington Brown as an intern and is now, 28 years later, is the sole owner of Washington Brown Depreciation, Proprietary Limited. Tyrone is passionate about property depreciation. He's a regular speaker in the industry and is often quoted in national media. I think the thing he's also published in lots of publications, including his own book called Keep Claiming It. I think his first book was called Claim It and this is the sequel. (laughs) And the thing I know about Tyrone, he has got incredible energy and certainly when the government dealt out a pretty lousy blow to his business a few years ago, he basically went into overdrive and I just really watched in awe at how he dealt with that. So welcome, Tyrone. Thank you. That's the best introduction I've had. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll put that feather in my cap. You know, know when when you said I was a fellow, a fellow of the AIQS, that just means I'm old, Bernadette. (laughs) you're not quite as old as me so you've got a little way to go so you don't get to be a fellow by attrition though no no you have to do good for the industry yeah yeah okay great so there you go yeah so uh, what I wanted to do was just have a little bit of a general chat about the ins and outs of depreciation because we have a lot of renovators who listen to this podcast I felt it's probably good to go back to basics on, you know, what you can depreciate, what you can't, and just get into the nitty-gritty in that, whether we need to have a inspection and so on. So is that okay with you? And then we'll Absolutely. move on to a few other topics. So yep. I guess the first thing I want to ask you is now a couple of years ago we had changes where plant and equipment was no longer, you could no, we could no longer depreciate it unless we were the ones actually installing it. Does that mean we still need a depreciation schedule? Good question. So firstly, not just, so let me explain it. So it has to be brand new in order for you to be able to claim the plant and equipment items in a property. So even if you buy something, if you've got a house that's 10 years old and you buy an oven off Gumtree, even though it might be one day old on Gumtree, you still can't claim it. It has to have, it has to be brand new, which is you know GST payable on it in order for you to claim it, uh, which is a bit silly that law. So, but also there's two parts of a depreciation schedule. There's the bricks and mortar, the concrete, which is the division forty three, the structural element of the building that never changed. What they changed in in two thousand seventeen was the second hand claiming of plant and equipment items. 
with a sledgehammer, they claimed it that they changed it because now what they're saying is, so even if I buy, if you buy a property brand new, Bernadette, and you sell it to me one day later, you, you could claim the depreciation. But the moment you, I buy it one day old, I can't claim the depreciation of the plant and equipment items anymore, which is ridiculous because the tax law says that those items are going to last for ten years. This has happened has not happened in any other industry. You can claim a two-year-old computer for your business. You can claim a five-year-old car if you're a tradie. But for property investors, we got the short straw. And the most bizarre thing is with commercial property, the laws never change. Yeah. Only for residential. So here's the stupid thing. You can get a property that like on a a main road where you've got a commercial building down the bottom or a retail shop and up above the a, a residential property, right? Same air conditioning going through, control drain the same. But you can claim it a secondhand air conditioning on the on the retail section, but not above. Makes no sense to yeah. me. And the Treasury Department actually asked me and asked my advice on, on this, and I gave them what they a list of what they should do, but they completely ignored it, of course, because they were just going through the motion saying that we had industry consultation. But yeah, it's a yeah. shame. Yeah. Yep. But there are a few exemptions, and one of them is off the plan things mm-hmm. off the plan. What are the other? exceptions to this rule the main exception is the commercial or non-residential property so if it's so let's clarify so if it's brand new nothing's changed and yeah you'll claim plant equipment for if you hold that property for 30 years you'll still be able to claim that lift for 30 years in a residential property if you buy it brand new if you buy a commercial property or industrial property or retail or funeral parlor we do lots of different reports nothing is it's only for secondhand residential property where the laws have changed. Yeah. So yep. that, that's the main. The, and the other, sorry, the other exemption is if you have a trust fund with a thousand members, you can still claim the depreciation of plant equipment. So a Macquarie Bank can still, if they could package up a bunch of secondhand houses, they can still claim it. Oh, sorry, the other one, the exemption is if you buy a property in a company name. Yeah. So if you were to buy a secondhand residential property in the school of renovation, ptylimited.com.au, you could still claim the depreciation. Yeah, yeah, that is bizarre. One bad point of this, if you ask me, was that the difference now between buying a residential brand new property and a residential property that's two days old, from a tax point of view or a cash flow point of view, it's a big difference. So it's promoting people going into newer properties, which has its own can have its own downside as well. So, yeah, that, that was, I think, something they didn't really foresee. I guess they were trying to not put a spanner on the creation of new Absolutely. dwellings. That's yeah. exactly why they didn't do that. And that's why they would yeah. never change that. Because obviously a lot of off the plan stuff is sold via the cash flow benefits of it and depreciation is a big part of that. And you know what they say, a dollar spent on construction go filters ten dollars throughout the economy, whether yeah. it's trade is, et cetera. So then and you know, and let's face it, with the estimated four hundred thousand immigration coming in, we need more properties, right? Absolutely. And so let's but the hmm. structure is still depreciable and that's over forty years. Yeah, yeah. Correct. So the, from yeah. when from the time when it was built. So if your property is twenty years old now and we you buy it today. You would we estimate what it cost to build twenty years ago, right? And you hmm. would kick in after twenty years, so you'd have twenty years left, yeah, um, of that construction to claim. Yeah, and that's significant, isn't it? Because absolutely, the construction cost, the, the building allowance, we call it, that represents about eighty-five percent of the construction. Eighty-five, depending on the property, but between eighty-five to ninety percent of the construction. So the bulk of the claim hasn't changed much. What's really changed is the amount of upfront deductions you can get with a second-hand property. So on a brand-new two-bedroom unit, you might get about $15,000 in year one. 
if I sold it to you two days later, it would go from fifteen thousand to about five. Right? Yeah, two hundred bucks yeah. a week. That's a big difference in uh, yeah. in your cash flow. Yeah. So with a renovator, they're actually installing the new mm. plant and equipment. Yep. yep. So how is that assessed? Is that based on the receipts? Yes, it has to. Well, receipts depends how this contract is structured. If you have a building contract in place and you've commissioned a builder to 400k building reno, we will, and it just says 400 thousand dollars, we'll have to assess what the costs were included within that 400k. If yeah. you are the actual renovator, you go to Bunnings and buy an oven for 800 bucks. You get a plumber to install it for 250 bucks. It's 1,050. That's what you yeah. spent on installing that oven that's what the cost will be also just on that so with the age of the property when you're renovating a property the age of the construction determines whether you can claim the building allowance or not it has to be built after 1987 in order for you to claim the building allowance okay however if you were to buy a property that was built in say 1900 an old terrace and you you gut it and put in new kitchens but the external facade stays the same the existing brickwork stays the same you gut that building, put in your kitchens, bathrooms, it starts again. It doesn't, that, okay. that, it's not age dependent on the 1900. The moment you put in a new kitchen, that kitchen starts again for 40 years. Similarly, with, you know, tiling and what internal renovation type items you would do, gyprock paint, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It resets. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. And so a kitchen is in the structure. That's mm. the kitchen's considered the building allowance. So what's in the plant and equipment? Okay, so there's things like ovens, dishwashers, I'm looking around my apartment, air conditioning, security systems, furniture, blinds, ventilation equipment, televisions, as I look around my room here, carpet, yeah. stuff, that, the stuff that wears and tears quicker. So okay. by, by nature, this, yeah, it's the stuff that wears and tears quicker and the ATO gives a list of every item in a building and says when it's brand new, we've, we, we allow, you need to allow 10 years for this effective life. Sometimes yeah. it, it might be wrong. You might replace it after three years. You're allowed to replace it after three years. So say the carpet has an effective life of 10 years and it was $1,000 when it was installed, pretty cheap carpet, but that's $100 per annum you could be able to claim yeah. over 10 years on carpet. If you yeah. replace it after three years because it's trashed or whatever, yeah. you have $700 left to go. You can claim that as a balancing adjustment immediately. Right? Okay. Then you put in new carpet for five grand, it starts again. So yeah. there's, there's some things that renovators can do. Awesome. And so the question of inspections. Yes. Do we need, so we obviously have to put in our receipts and I'm assuming you need to get your trades to apportion out, like because obviously not everything they do. We, to be honest, I've been doing this 30 years now. I don't think I've ever seen, been given a, a trade breakdown where a client has asked a tradesman to go and break down what okay. apportionment we that we would tend to do that we would yeah, yeah, yeah. you would you, if we rely on traders to do that it would be like they got other things yeah. to do you know in terms of inspection that's a good question so because because of the laws changed we feel that the need to inspect every property to get the maximum results is not necessarily always applicable now okay. because you can't claim those second-hand items. So we, what we at Washington Brown, what we do is we assess your property and we give you a depreciation plan on how to maximise your depreciation. That might yeah. be with an inspection. It might not be. It depends yeah. on the property. For instance, we've been working with clients for 30 years like Meriton and many others, Lend-Lease. We have the cost of construction on many, many buildings in Australia. So if you're going to buy a two-bedroom apartment off Meriton that's two years old, 
why would I need to inspect it when I've got all the costs? I've got the plans. I've got the schedule of finishes, okay? Yeah. You can't claim all the items in there any, now anyway, so you just yeah. claim the structure. And the structure, the original construction costs of the structure never change, Bernadette. They're yeah. always the same, and that's what we're basing it upon. So yeah. we'll look at the property. However, if you were to buy a six-bedroom mansion in Vaucluse that's had five different periods of renovations, of course we're going yeah. to inspect it because yeah. we can't do that remotely. So it yeah. just depends on the property. In terms yeah. of renovations, if you've just done a $20,000 renovation, which just did, you put in new ovens and dishwasher, you did the blinds, you know, makeover like carpets, it's not really going to warrant an inspection from us. You could virtually just give those costs to your accountants. We're not going to say, we're not going to try and make money where, if unless we can add value to your you or your clients. Now, as I said, if you've just done a twenty thousand dollar renovation, you, you tell us the carpet's three grand. We well, can tell your accountant that, and he'll you don't need to be yeah. double charged. However, if you did buy that Victorian terrace and you spent five hundred thousand dollars on it, and your builder's given you a five hundred thousand, here's my cost. Here's here's what we're going to do, but with no itemization of it of the cost. Of course, we're going to to inspect. Yeah, it. yeah. So it really depends on the property. That's why we yeah. like to say now that we do we just analyze your property free of charge first and work out the best plan for you moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. Now, just step back a minute. When you were yeah. talking about like gutting a terrace and that the depreciations, the clock started again, I read, I think it was mm-hmm. on your blog, that if that was to happen and it was to sell, the new owner could claim depreciation, but it would mean that the person selling it, that, that it would be have to be considered a substantial renovation. Yes, correct. Yeah, so substantial renovation, it gets considered to be new property. And yeah, yeah, so it's, but substantial renovation isn't just new carpet, new carpets and blinds and a makeover. It's got to be substantial. And the guidelines are a little bit, it's not 100%, you know, there's no, because every property is different, every development is different. But substantial renovation is not just a new kitchen or bathroom. It's got to be structural. It's got to be a moving wall. So, yeah, so it can still be considered new, but it's pretty rare. I think since the tax, Changes have come about. We've deemed probably about four properties like that where it's still, you know, it's not a oh, massive amount of. That's yeah. interesting because it's that's a bit the ATO's description of a substantial renovation is a bit of a bane of our life because mm. we obviously we don't want to fall into that category if we can avoid it. And when you go onto the tax onto the tax website, it's pretty muddy. And I've had mm. some very kooky sort of opinions from some accountants, not our accountant. And so for us, it's always been a bit of a conundrum. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. If you've only ever had that many, there can't be too many renos that fall into that category. No. And the reason, one of this is because if if you're saying, if you're selling it as substantially renovated, you've then got to sell it as new property and sell it with GST payable, right? You as the develop you don't want to do that right because then you so so that's why so we look at the contract and is has one of the key determinants of whether you can claim the depreciation on secondhand plant equipment is was gst paid so just because it just because they're saying it's substantially renovated well what does the contract say yeah the contract doesn't if you haven't got paid gst on it and said and who's done to do that (laughs) you know so nobody yeah okay so I think that's pretty much cleared up. Now, something else I want to ask you, and I didn't pre-warn you, a while ago, a long while ago, you wrote a blog about 
renovating the exterior of a block of apartments. And, yes. and the difference, how tax is treated on the cost of that depends on whether it is funded through a special levy or through the capital fund. Can you clarify that? Sure. God, that's a good memory. That's, I wrote that blog a while ago, Bernadette. Okay, so this is a bit of a strange one in that, okay, so I was, at the time I was living in Bondi and a lot of buildings obviously there need for renovations. There's concrete, cancer damage. In fact, we did it to our own building. Now, the law is such that in, I think it's only in New South Wales, I think it's a state-based law, this. I have to check that, but definitely in New South Wales. If you were to, if you were to do the renovation, with existing funds from the sinking fund, along the way, you would have been putting in money into the sinking fund. You might have $500,000 in the fund now to do the external renovation. Along the way, you've been claiming that amount into the sinking fund. And so you get a 100% deduction on that 500K because you're claiming it over the last couple of years. You might have known this was coming up. So if you are a body corporate and you are an investor, you should think about this because what happens if you don't do this and you raise a special levy just before you start the work and you put all have to put in 50 grand each into the special levy, it has been determined that you can only claim that as a capital works allowance, nothing to do with repairs or maintenance, nothing to do with the repairs. Even though you are repairing the building, it's not considered a repair. Even though you do the exact same work with the exact same money, but because you put you've already, you put it in slowly into the into the sinking fund, you can, you, you can claim it along the way. But the moment you raise a special levy to do it, you can't. You have to claim it over 2.5%, which is a big difference because a lot of that work is immediately deductible. However, we argued this and what I did, a, a client engaged us to go out and say, well, hang on, of that 500K, how much of that is actually considered repair and how much is it an improvement? So we broke down every item in a schedule for a client and the accountant said, you can't do that. I said, well, no, it's concrete cancer repair. So of the 500K, there might be 100K for concrete cancer but you know what? You have actually upgraded the balcony. So we, we're not going to say that's a repair. So the balcony handrails. So they'll go in at 2.5%. And it worked out about 50-50. Of the 500K, we said the client should be able to claim half of that as a, as a repair and half in capital improvements. And the account said, no, you can't do that. Here, here's what it is. Sinking, it was in the, it's, you've raised the special levy. You have to claim it all at 2.5%. So he went to the ATO uh, and argued that we couldn't do it for the client. HO wrote it back and wrote a letter saying, no, Washington Brown is correct. This is a good way of doing it. They take a good way of doing it. They said, this is correct. Rothschild Brown's methodology is correct. That is a fair and reasonable assessment to break it down. So you can, you can get some repair items back uh, if you get a, a report. A special, yeah. a, special, a special report. However, if you, again, if they had put that money in the sinking fund the whole way, the whole thing was <laughs> deducted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Okay. But a lot of people oh, yeah. don't want to do that. A lot of people don't want to put money in. If you're if you're an owner occupier, it doesn't affect you at all, right? So it depends on the mix of the building. If there's yeah. ten owner occupiers and one investor, the owner occupiers are saying, "Let's not put money more money in this. It's not tax deductible. Let's just wait to the end, right?" But if you're got a large proportion of investors, you might want to think about it. Well, we've got the opposite in our building. There's five owners in our building. One's an investor, right. and he never wants to put any money in. Oh, really? Drives us nuts. But anyhow, <laughs> that's that. Okay, so now before we talk about your podcast, I know that you spent some time in Bali. Mm. You took your kids to the green school. Yes. Do you want to tell us a bit about that experience? 
oh, I was the best two years of my life, Bernadette. So I guess we've been, you know, when you've been running a company for nearly 30 years, we'd always want to do something, my wife and I, before my daughter started high school. We were thinking about Italy because my wife's Italian and the time zone's a bit hard to manage. And then she was reading an article in the, in the Good Weekend one weekend and it had this school, this story about a big bamboo school in the jungle called the Green School, which has no walls, no air conditioning, drop toilets, cattle on the on the property. You know, it's, there's no homeworking. We're thongs to school. <laughs> it seems like a dream, right? Except it's hot. And we thought, well, Bali, that's we like. We've been to Bali a couple of times. We love Bali. So we went over and did a recce and had a look at it and loved it. And so we went off for a year and year became two. It's a school that encourages environmentalism and entrepreneur entrepreneurialism as well it's not just i thought it'd be a bunch of tree hugging hippies right but it wasn't that yeah. at all it was actually really that climate change lawyers were the parents and really dynamic people that from all around the world there's like 400 students go there so it's 400 parents or 600 or some are single and they're all they're all they're all really dynamic people they've obviously been successful want to do have a bit of a change a bit like what we were doing and they chose the green school yeah, it's a fascinating school. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've read quite a bit about it. In fact, our neighbours' children went there roughly the same time. Do you know Claudia Carvin? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I know she went there. I know yeah. she's your neighbour, is she? Yeah, I know she went there. And yeah. uh, Lara Merritt. Do I don't Lara know Merritt? her. Oh, oh, no. It's, it's Claudia's best friend. Is that, so that's funny. <laughs> yeah, no, she was there. Yeah. yeah. Well, their children were there. Or mm. her, yeah. Anyhow, okay. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I was just interested to know about that. So now, mm. podcasts. Now, you've mm. got a COD podcast called 10 with Ty. What's yep. that all about? Okay. Well, it's just about to launch. I'm hoping you'll come on soon with yep. it. So, a bit of background about my history. My father was an incredibly smart man. He was in the Air Force for 12 years and then he. He, he left there and then he did about, he had about four, ended up with about four degrees, became a lecturer at TAFE, uh, Teeping Dip Ed. But then he had a stroke and they retired him early because that's the most of my memory of my father is as a cripple. They retired him early and so he got a payout of about $250,000 back in 1987. Okay. And he invested all his money into a company called a state mortgage, which was, I don't know if you remember state mortgage, but they were saying they were safe as houses. And but really what they were doing, they were investing their money, not just into property, but into development sites. And when Interest rates went up to 70%. It fell down like a house of cards and he lost all his money, which was really sad. It was really sad seeing him go through that, waiting every month for the, you know, the, every quarter from the statement from Burns Philp saying how much money he'd lost. I don't think the stroke killed him, but getting those letters, I think, certainly added yeah. to his demise, to be honest. It was yeah. pretty stressful for him. And so, you know, I've done pretty well. And I've, I guess as, I, as you start to reflect, I'm thinking, well, what can I leave? You know, I've only got one daughter. How, what can I teach her? So what I want to do with Tim with Ty is go around to the smartest people I know yep. and ask them 10 questions, the same 10 questions. The 10 yep. questions are hopefully timeless and they will leave a bit of a roadmap for my daughter moving forward. It's going to be a slow project. I'm only going to do like one a month, but I want some quality people. So I hope that 10 with Ty, well, who knows, it might end up being a book. It's one of the ideas, but I'm certainly excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome. And so when are you launching it? First of July, I think. I've already done a couple of interviews. You're, yeah, so... I'm not just doing it. It's not just going to be property people. So I want to spread yeah. it out into business and financial, as, and, and financial as well. I don't, you know, when I look at my target list of about 40 people, at the moment about 30 are property because that's what, I, that's what I know. That's who I know. It actually, the actual idea came from when I was about 30, I, Harry Trigboff's a client of mine. And yeah. I thought, I thought, 
well, God, this guy's interesting. I kept having meetings with him and I thought, God, this guy's really interesting. I'd, lo- I'd like to ask him some questions for my database. So I wrote off 10 questions, sent it to his EA, and that's how, the, how this idea, I thought, well, and his answer, answers were really interesting. Like I asked him things like, so Harry, if you had $20,000, he's obviously got a bit more than that, how yeah. would you invest it today? And then I had in brackets, Harry, you're not allowed to say buy a Meriton apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he wrote these answers back and they, they were really fascinating. Like one of them was, it was just before the mining boom and he said, buy mining shares, right? Was he with his 20K, wow. buy mining stocks, right? And I went back recently because I found the article. And that's what spurred this on. I looked it up and at the time, BHP was, BHP was like five bucks or something, you know, and I was like, I should listen to Harry. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that's awesome. Mm. So you're gonna, is Harry going to be in the podcast? Well, I don't think he's really a podcast kind of person, but I, I'll see. I'm the, I, whether I do it, I hope so. Look, he is getting on though. I've had a yeah. couple of meetings with him, so he's yeah. um, you know he's ninety one. Um, yeah. But hopefully, hopefully, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you certainly know how to do things with flair, Tyrone. I mean, was it your <laughs> your birthday in the museum? Was that yes? Was that fifty or forty? It was a well, It was a fortieth anniversary for washington brown yeah. oh that's right yeah 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 that was pretty amazing it was pretty cool wasn't it yeah you know how to throw a party yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do before the 50th oh okay, <laughs> okay. well okay so did we clarify that our people need a depreciation schedule we did okay so if someone needs a depreciation schedule where do they go to to get that so the best place would just be on our website, washingbrown.com.au. There's a quote yeah. page there. We just answer, ask you a couple of questions like the property address, what you paid for it, you yeah. know, your name and details, and we'll set, shoot, we'll look at we we at that as I said before we analyze the property, we'll look at what and give you a plan of how plan of attack I guess in order to how to maximize the depreciation at the best price. Awesome, thank you so much. A best price Thanks. for the report, yeah. Best price for the report. Yeah. Yes, and highest deductions. Perfect. Perfect. Guaranteed. I hope so. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming. I think that that was a very useful episode. Lots of things that we needed to revisit, and I appreciate you taking the time. I think that's fantastic. Thanks for having me on. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.